All right. It's been a long break. It's been a long time. It's been two weeks. The fans have been very pissed off. We'd like to apologize to everybody. Uh, I've had a couple couple threats, a couple people knocking on my door. It's been, it's been tough, but we are back. ATS. The boys were worldwide. We were, we were global. We were Ferone global. Was Ferone was dying of strep in Cancun. Mm-hmm. I was in Cabo, and Gene Money was in Cali. A lot of a lot of ad, a lot of adversity the last few weeks. All the fans that sent me fan mail, I'll try to get back as soon as I can. But we're back now. The we're vault, back. the vault never left business. By the way, he was up and going. The vault never sleeps. The vault never the sleeps. Vault, the vault never sleeps. But we are back after after traveling the world. We are back. But let's just cut the shit. So much has happened. March Madness, probably the craziest March Madness ever the final four though it's completely normal so let's talk about let's talk about this so who do we think is the biggest letdown i know my answer the the team that let us down the worst in the worst way possible i definitely know my answer but i'll let you guys start this one off so i I can start off right away here i'm not going to go into a specific team but i'd say the big 10 was by far the biggest letdown in this tournament you have nine teams get into the field, and you only have two of them get to the Sweet 16 and not one in the Elite Eight. I mean, my goodness. That was the biggest letdown, in my opinion. You had an Iowa team that comes off a Big Ten championship, losing the first round of Richmond. I mean, you could go on and on. You had Purdue get absolutely embarrassed by St. Peter's in the Sweet 16. I mean, it was just a joke. You had probably one of the worst teams in the Big Ten that people completely wrote off of Michigan gets to the sweet 16. So, I mean, it just really shows that every year the committee continues to overrate the big 10. And for some reason, you look at the ACC, everyone doubted them. And look, you get three out of the four teams in the elite eight. Um, I think it just really shows in March, anything can happen. And in a single elimination tournament, you just really, really never know. Yeah. The big 10 was a huge letdown, but they did the exact same thing last year. It seems like the committee, like you said, always overseeds them. Even though I loved Wisco and put them in my Final Four like an absolute moron, giving them a three seed was absolute, like, bonkers. I could not believe that. Um, Purdue, they they had seven-footers at will playing St. Peter's, little scrappy team, and they were just simply outplayed. But, I mean, <clears throat> Kentucky – just like in the SEC tournament, let everyone down again. The youngsters choked once again. And I don't think Calipari gets enough heat for his performances in the tournaments. I mean, it seems like totally agree. Seems like forever ago, the last time Kentucky made a Final Four. I, I, I don't want to – it might have been the Carl Anthony Towns year. Am I right? Definitely yeah, the last time they made the Final Four? Yeah, I think Carl Anthony yes. Towns was the last on the bottom there. I mean, um, yes, but I think they may have made it as like a lower seed one time. Like, recently, that was but, before that. That was before. That was, with was that before? before? Yeah, Julius. Yeah, that was Julius. That was right. the Harrison. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And right. um, also, um, like we, I guess, you know, Villanova and Kansas won their conferences, but a lot of the teams, like we had said before, that won their conferences, you know, Tennessee, Arizona, Iowa, they have that big high and like even at, even Virginia Tech, after the after the season, after they get upset or after they lose first round, they're like, oh, the season was still a success. You know, we accomplished something great winning the conference. That's literally what I said. These guys win their conference and are on the, their high horse. 
And then they play teams that just are more hungry and want it more and have a bigger chip on their shoulder and they just get beat. And my bracket this year might've been one of the worst brackets I've ever seen in my life because I had faith in Tennessee, but there was a lot of, a lot of teams that let me down, especially, you know, Tennessee and, and Baylor. Baylor was another one. Yeah. I, man, I picked Iowa to win it all. And <laughs> seeing them lose first round to Richmond was embarrassing. They were one of the hottest teams coming into the tournament. They were shooting like crazy. And then all of a sudden they just can't make a shot. They were outworked. Keegan Murray stats don't mean shit. Even though they look good, he would play the worst. That was the worst game I've ever seen him play. So lazy. Richmond just wanted it more. They let me down. I was by far the biggest disappointment. I'd say, I'd say Kentucky also, obviously, but I, I got to stick with Iowa. It's so fucking embarrassing. But. Actually, let me let me change my answer. The biggest letdown of this tournament was Loyola Chicago. Sister Jean has lost lost some of her magic. I don't know what it is, but the magic is gone, and I've lost faith in Sister Jean. Yeah, I think I was one to tell you, Farone, that uh, <laughs> that that one I really had a lot of confidence in Ohio State. Um, if you looked at, I think they're in the Mountain Valley Conference. That conference this year was just factually not a good conference. You had Drake, who was decent. You had a couple teams that were just like okay. And Loyola Chicago throughout the season struggled. Um, and you just – I mean, every year Loyola Chicago's in the tournament, the public's going to be all mm-hmm. over Loyola Chicago. I disagree with that. I was just riding Sister Jean because it's Sister Jean. But yeah, you well, exactly. That, that, that's, that, that's, that's fully my point. The, the public's just going to think Sister Jean, this is her year. She's 102. Um, I, you know, Ohio State, I will say, I thought was – I thought they would maybe have a chance to get to the Sweet 16 after that win. Um, didn't turn out that way. Villanova really surprised, I think, all of us, honestly. Uh, that team played plays great defense. Um, it'll be interesting to watch them play Kansas, however, without Justin Moore, who's far and away their best defender, always yeah. just guarding the mm-hmm. best player on the court. Mm-hmm. And also, I believe he's their leading scorer. Um, so I think that that's a tough, tough loss for Villanova in that Kansas game. But, man, Villanova – they hit the three ball. They played defense. I know, uh, Jack, you were very down on them all year, but, man, they've had a great tournament. And Jay Wright proves every single year how good of a coach he is. I mean, it's, I knew it's, I was going to get some – I knew I was going to get some heat for my Villanova uh, hot take because I said they would lose first round of Delaware. But, I mean, if you watched – if you heard what I said, I was saying, you know, they live or die by the three and their offense can get very stagnant if the shot's not falling. And if you look at – if you look at their uh, – the games this tournament, they've only scored over 71 points once in their last seven games. They've been winning because their defense. They beat Houston, I think, 50 to 50. 100%. 100%. That's what I worry about a team like Kansas because they're not going to hold Kansas under 60 points or under 65 points. They're way too talented. They're way too athletic. They get out on the fast break. I mean, once they get hot, I mean, they're just a steamroll. I mean, there's, there's nothing you can do with all the different scoring options they have. So, especially without Justin Moore, Villanova is going to have to hit the three, and they're going to have to score points with Kansas. So, it's going to be really interesting to see. I obviously would pick Kansas in that game, but I've picked against Villanova all tournament, and they've screwed me. So, what do I know? But we'll see. This is going to be a huge test for Villanova. 
Well, yeah. I, I, I fully agree with you on that one, Jack. Um, if you watch, if anyone watched that Houston game, if Houston could make any sort of jump shot in that game, they're going to the final four. They were one of 20, um, one of 20 from three. One, one of 20 from deep. That's um, crazy. That, that's another team that I was extremely high on going to the tournament, Houston. They play some hard nosed defense. That team's extremely athletic. Um, if they could have hit any short of jump shot in that game, you'll see them in the final four. And in my opinion, they're the favorites with a national championship. Ooh. I mean, that's all hindsight, but that team, in my opinion, was a great team all year. You could Ooh. say what you want about Arizona losing to them, but that one wasn't a surprise to me. Um, I, what's the head coach's name? I'm blanking on it right now, but he's, he's a hell of a Calvin Sampson. Man, he's a hell of a coach. Uh, Last two years getting his team to the Elite Eight in the Final Four. Marcus Sasser. The only Elite Eight back-to-back years is no joke. That's very no impressive. No joke. No joke. I mean, that that's he, he's fully changed the program. I've heard some rumors that they might be in the Big 12 next year. Um, Which would be sick. For good, for good reason. I mean, that's that's a great basketball program now. And I, I was honestly pretty upset to see them lose to Villanova. Yeah, very winnable game for them. One for 20 is ridiculous, but let's move on to the biggest surprise in March Madness. Obviously, St. Peter's, but, you know, who, who else do we think is a big surprise? Team that we didn't think would be that good, ended up winning a couple games, or maybe just even one game. What do we think? I, I'd say Miami. I mean, I, I watched Miami. Nothing really stood out to me. I know they got great guard play, and I actually had them losing in the first round game. But I mean, McGusty could score like a motherfucker. That guy is a monster. Um, the thing is, the thing is that I didn't realize about that team is four of their five starters are seniors. They're veterans. Point guards, crafty. They just play winning basketball. And I mean, first half it looked like they were going to give Kansas, you know all they were worth, uh, they just kind of fell apart and got overpowered. But Larinaga does a great job. I mean, he took George Mason uh, to a little Cinderella run a few years back before Miami. Great coach. Um, But, yeah, Miami hasn't really made noise in a while. They've been very quiet. They missed the tournament, you know, I think three of the last five years. But, um, yeah, I don't think anyone really saw that coming. Obviously, the biggest surprise was St. Peter's, but – uh, besides that, Miami really surprised me. They're w- one half away from Final Four, which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, they whooped Auburn. <laughs> I think Auburn was a lot of um, fan favorites to win it all. Miami, Magosti, Charlie Moore, I, he's 24, but he <laughs> was great. As a I think Magosti's in his sixth year as well, I'm pretty sure. Is it? Yeah, they, they love oh, yeah, he's, he's 24. Yeah, they're both 24. That's That's crazy. Yeah, I think I when mean, LeBron retires, he's going to go to Miami to play a little bit. <laughs> well, it just shows experience can win you March Madness games. So, no, nah, but they definitely were a surprising team. Um, I, I think Iowa State was also pretty surprising. Uh, there were a lot of good teams that won. And St. Peter's, just, that's just crazy. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say Iowa State and the U. I think Iowa State being Wisconsin was kind of surprising. I, I, I don't think it was, like, anything crazy, but – I didn't love Wisconsin all year, but I'd say Iowa State and Miami too. I was actually going to say that, um, Matthew, you know, Iowa State was a huge shock. 
However, at the same time, if you look at their metrics, they were a top team defensively all year. Exactly. They, they really defend. Their knock was that they, they're hit or miss offensively. And Very I think we saw, we saw that against Miami, unfortunately. So that's where their run came to an end. Um, but yeah, Iowa State, we have Robinson. A lot of those guys are studs, and that was definitely a big, big surprise. The other team that I obviously was fully wrong on was Providence. I mean, my goodness, Ed Cooley gets these guys ready, and they win close games. Um, everyone and their mother was taking South Dakota State to upset Providence in that game. I actually, I actually personally bet Providence in that game simply because I thought when you have a public dog in March Madness, they don't typically end up working out. Um, I don't think I don't think anyone thought Providence was going to win that game. And Ed Cooley really just showed why he gets these guys ready. You have Durham and a lot of those bigs. That was a good team all year. And I will be the first to admit that I was wrong on that team. I won't say they're a top team, but to get to that, get that team to its sweet 16 and to win the big East props to Ed Cooley on this season, because that's, that's extremely impressive for that Providence team. Yeah. Everyone was counting them out. <laughs> it was really funny. Everyone thought South Dakota State was just the biggest lock of all One time. One thing I also want to point out is the DMV talent showing up in March Madness. So if you look at the Final Four teams, you got Jeremy Roach from Paul the Six. You got Brandon Slater from Paul the Six. Justin Moore from DeMatha. Um, Armando Baycott, he was on Team Loaded. He's, he's from Richmond. A lot of DMV guys. You know, Chris Light. The kid from Duke also. What's his name? Jeremy Keels, Rose. Trevor Keels is also from Paul. Trevor Keels in DePaul. Yeah. He, he did. He's just, I mean, yeah, there's, I mean, the, the list goes on and on. I mean, these guys, Villanova, you know, continues to get the top tier DMV talent. And I mean, it, it's great to see them on the big stage because, you know, growing up where we grew up, WCAC is the best high school conference in America. And there's just so much talent there. And these guys just, you know, they continue to produce the next level. It's good to see. Without yeah, a doubt, the I really DMV hope produces the, the best players from basketball. You can just see in the NBA. And they, all, they all are smart and avoid UMD. So. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. I was praying with a lot of his talent that this new head coach, Kevin Willard, will come in. I mean, you're at a college park. You have the best athletes around, as we're saying, in the DMV. You gotta hope that this guy can at least recruit some talent over here. Um, I'm very, I'm very worried. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he'll bring in. Look, we all shit on Turgeon, but I don't think he's gonna bring in nearly as many good recruits as Mark. But we'll the see. The only thing that you can say, though, uh, Matthew, is yeah. he was recruiting out of Newark, New Jersey, in Seton Hall. Who the hell wants to go play in Newark, New Jersey? I mean, that is a dumpster, if you know. Right, Jersey. so we'll see. Uh, yeah, I just think, you know, Turgeon, he was known and he was kept in Maryland strictly because of his recruiting, strictly because of the guys that he was bringing in. He had a lot of talent that he coached and never really got it done, but he kept bringing in these guys. Like, they had Bino recruiting at Baltimore. I don't know. I just hope Willard keeps it consistent. Uh, he's our only hope, I guess. I don't know. We're hopeless. I think it'll honest. take some time. I think it'll take yeah. some time, but I mean, my goodness, you have a recruiter's dream to recruit out of College Park. I mean, oh, yeah. Jack just said the math is two minutes down the road. Um, you have Paul the Sixth. You have all these schools, Gonzaga. I mean, it, you can go on and on about about DMV basketball. 
Yeah. Get some goddamn recruits to Maryland. I'm not even surprised that Mark Turgeon was able to recruit here. Anyone should be able to. Um, so that, that'll be interesting to see. You could almost have to tell recruits not to come to UMD. With all these guys in your backyard, I mean, it is astounding that UMD is this bad and can't even make the, can't even make the tournament. I mean, it, yeah. it's, it's impressive. I, I wonder yeah. what they do on these recruiting visits. Seriously. Yeah. No, it's well. It's this terrible. is the first tournament missed, I believe, in like five or six tournaments. So we have been we have been good. We just haven't been over the hump. One sixteen, right. in ten years with Turgeon. I mean, that's just not going to cut it. Especially if there was any year, it would have been twenty twenty. But of course, the one year we had a championship. Team, yeah, yeah, uh, because of COVID. But whatever. All right, let's. Move I thought on. it was I can't also. Talk I, just, I, just, I want to talk a little more about Kevin Willard. I thought it was funny before he even left Seton Hall, he was telling the St. Peter's coach to take his job. So he he knew he was on his way out before the tournament even started, going to Maryland, yeah. and he was already offering his job up. Um, I thought yeah. that was pretty funny. I believe uh, Shaheen Holloway actually played at Seton Hall, so it kind of is fitting. And he, man, well deserved job for him. Well deserved. Yeah. So that'll whenever, be whenever whenever these Cinderella teams make a run, the coach just gets a big bag at a Power Five program, and they're gone, and they're making triple their salary and can recruit whoever. So well, look at look at the guys. Look at the track record. You look at Florida Gulf Coast with. Andy Enfield, uh-huh. he's now at Southern California. You look at Aaron Eric Musselman at Nevada. Yep. He's now completely changed the Arkansas program. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of these guys are just Illinois coach at Stephen F. Austin. I forget his name. Where is he at now? Illinois, the Illinois Underwood? head coach right now. Underwood. He was a Stephen F. Stephen F. Austin coach when they had Brad that run. Um, Shaka Smart obviously started at VCU. Um, you know, yeah, that's how you work your way up in this. Uh, yeah, business. Nate Oates was at Buffalo, went to Bama. They had a good run last year. Yeah, I mean, it, it happens for sure. You start out with right. small schools, change the program, change the culture. All right, let's switch it up. A lot has happened in the world of the National Football League. I don't even know where to begin, honestly. I mean, from Deshaun Watson to Tariq Hill, what the hell is going on? What team made the best move? What what team made the best move to take them to the Super Bowl? Maybe not in the long run, but for this upcoming season, which team made the best move? Well, I think the best move out of all this offseason is my boy Tom Brady coming back to the Buccaneers. Oh, my I mean, God. I think, I think you literally look at the <laughs> NFC, and he literally laughs at all the quarterbacks that left and went to the AFC, and he just sits there and laughs on his couch and he's like, my goodness, why wouldn't I come out of retirement? I have a layup to get to the Super Bowl. I mean, if you go down the line, there's really, in my opinion, only three teams that are threats. I think you have to obviously include the Rams. Um, Eagles. You could, you could probably nice. say, you could probably say the Niners, but my goodness, I think they'll have Trey Lance for a second year quarterback as their starter. And I, I really would put a lot of money on the Bucks to beat the Niners. Um, and then probably the Packers, I mean, with Aaron Rodgers. However, they just lost their best receiver and Aaron Rodgers' favorite target to the Raiders. So I think Brady literally just sat back and laughed at the offseason and said, my goodness, why wouldn't I come back to the league? I could easily get back and have a great chance to win the Super Bowl. The one thing I will say about the Bucs is they did lose a, a few offensive linemen 
I think they did get mm-hmm. Jensen back. Um, however, yes, they, they lost. They lost. Ali uh, Marpet. Ali Marpet, who was an All Pro, um, he went to retirement. My guess is he comes out to play with Brady, um, and I think Gronk will come back. Also, they got Fournette back. They got Evans. They got Godwin. My goodness, why wouldn't he come back? The goat's gonna yeah. win again. Right, I mean, right. I think I think Brady came back because he was tired of kissing his kids on the lips. But <laughs> I think the I think the team that no one's really talking about is the Browns. I think. They were already a very solid football team with one of the worst quarterbacks who is just a commercial actor in Baker Mayfield. Um, and Deshaun Watson is still an elite quarterback in this league. Top five, fresh legs. He's been all out of football for a year. He's finally in the clear with his uh, his criminal lawsuits. Yeah, he could still get sued and stuff with civil, but nothing bad's going to happen. He might get a little suspension, but, I mean, that offensive line is lethal. They got the best one-two punch running game in the league. Now you add Deshaun Watson. I mean, he doesn't have great weapons, but good enough. And I, I think Kevin Stefanski is a very underrated, underrated coach. It's a tough division, but I think the Browns are definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with this season. And I think Deshaun Watson's going to, you know, really show why, you know, he's Deshaun Watson. He's gonna he's gonna ball out this year. I. Totally agree. I'm a little worried about his uh, receiving weapons. They did just trade for Amari Cooper, um, but they lost Jarvis. They lost – yeah. So, I mean, he's great, but, you know, who around him is like people's jokes. He's got 22 criminal criminal cases against him. Yeah. It's it's civil now. He can just get sued. No, the civil cases got dropped, and the criminally, I thought – or is it the no, opposite? no, it's the other way around. Opposite. opposite. He can't get charged any jail time, but he could still get sued. So the NFL could still fine him. They could still suspend him um, because of his accusations. But, you know, th- that suspension probably won't be, I'd say, maybe five or six games max. I don't know. But assuming he plays, they're good. They are good. The run game is great, obviously. You got Watson, who people – I mean, he's just a top-five quarterback when playing. And I think they'll be good. But – Miami Dolphins, I'm telling you, I'm a full believer in Tua. I think this is his year that he's going to shine. He has everything. Like, if he can't produce around what they got for him, oh they added Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, the top two receiver in the league, Tyreek Hill. They are fully loaded on offense. Their defense has always been good. Their defense was great last year. They are ready. They also added Armstead from the Saints, the best tackle in free agency. Mm-hmm. Miami is – playoff ready i don't know if they're super bowl contenders that's completely dependent on tua but my 100%. god if they can't if tua can't thrive with these weapons and what they gave oh him my god. this year i think is the make or break for him if he I doesn't mean, take them to the playoffs i think you get rid of us three could have a great year at quarterback with what he has around him those are the two most explosive receivers in football three kill could probably outrun a cheetah. Same with Waddle. And then if Raheem Mostert stays healthy, my God, he's got – he averaged, I think, 5.2 yards per carry. The guy's ridiculous. You know how I love Raheem. Yeah. But Tua, I've never been high on Tua, and this this is it for him. If you cannot produce with two elite receivers that he has, he there is nothing more he could need. There is nothing, there's nothing more he could ask for in Miami. Um, 
I can't believe they they fired Brian Flores, but um, the San Fran guy, I forget what's his name. Daniel's great though. Daniel's I mean, he, great, he's great, but, but I mean, great. yeah, they, I think if Miami, if, if you know, two cannot make something happen this year, they got to get rid of him and got to move on. Yeah, the one the one team that I that I'll actually jump in and talk about. You guys might not like it. I think the the Colts made great moves getting rid of Carson Wentz and upgrading oh Matt Ryan. Uh, you look at Matt Ryan last season, and I know a lot of people think he's old and washed. I honestly do not think so. Matt Ryan was playing with a absolutely god-awful Falcons team, throwing to guys like Taylor Gabriel and Zacchaeus. Russell Gage, and he won baby. seven games. He won seven games with a god-awful defense. I think Matt Ryan still has some, something left in the tank. That Colts team is coached well with Frank Wright. Don't be shocked if that team's winning the division and potentially making noise in the AFC playoffs next year. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Matt, Matt Ryan, and I, I think there's – it's definitely a long shot, but I definitely think they could potentially win a Super Bowl. I agree. Oh, wow. if, if Matt Ryan was not an Atlanta Falcon last year, they would probably have the number one pick in the draft. I still think 100%. Matt Ryan's got stuff on the tank. He's a former MVP, and the Colts – I love Frank Wright, the, the ex-Philly offensive coordinator when we won the Super Bowl. If you can have a situation where you're a win and get in last week and control your own destiny. With Against Carson, the Jacksonville Jaguars. With Carson Wentz at quarterback, then your team can, do, can accomplish anything. Because Carson Wentz is the biggest cancer to an NFL organization. I could make an old episode <laughs> ranting about Carson Wentz. The guy is... The commanders, God bless them. You'll be drafting number one next year because Carson Wentz is the worst possible thing you could have on your team, and he's making 30 mil a year. So, I mean, it's just laughable that teams are still willing to take a chance on him with his contract, and also the Colts could be that good. I think they're going to take big strides with, you know, Matt Ryan, and they're very fortunate to be in the division they're in because – the Jags and Texans are four free wins, pretty much. The Jags are going to be a little better this year, but that's that's probably the easiest division in the AFC. The Jags paid Christian Kirk $85 million over four years. I mean, that think about it. The whole market. To, get a player, to get a player to come to Jacksonville, you're going to have to give them. I mean, you're going to have to to overpay. You have to overpay. And they got Dougie. even got a bag. Dougie P might be calling some Philly Philly right out the gate, so I wouldn't count them out. But that's definitely the easiest division in the AFC. Yeah. I honestly, I, people are gonna give up on Trevor Lawrence. I, I'm not. You can't give up on the guy yet. He's no, 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 no. Who's giving up on Trevor? No, Lawrence? No, no one's giving one up year. on Trevor Lawrence. I, I mean, some people are saying because he, he threw and he, I think he threw like 18 interceptions, which yeah, it's a ton. But Trevor Lawrence, I mean, God, he's like a six-six dude. He's yeah. a dream of an NFL prospect. Um, you never know with Dougie P. He fucking took Nick Foles to the Super Bowl and. Big Dick Nick got it done. So Dougie P not- almost made Carson Wentz an MVP candidate, and I mean, uh, like I can't even I can't even put into words how impressive that is because Carson Wentz he wouldn't be a starter in my intramural football team. So that is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean the Jags made some big moves. They definitely did. They I wouldn't say big signed, moves. They signed <laughs> Christian Kirk, Brandon Sheriff. Like those, that's two huge points on offense right there. Evan Ingram's a good piece. They still, they still have James Robinson. ETM's gonna be healthy. They're not gonna be like great, but they have young guys, and I think they'll, they, they have potential to be a, 
okay team. Not, not Please do not say Evan Ingram is a big piece. He's, a, he's not a big piece, but he's a, at least a decent piece. Like, he's at least someone that can catch a football on that team. He's a I below had, average piece. I'm just saying I had James Robinson fantasy football last year, and they threw with the fucking Dan Arnold every time. So I think anyone <laughs> is better than Dan Arnold. So I don't know. Whatever. Crazy shit. Um, let's move into hot takes. Could be anything. I mean, I, I, I probably shouldn't be allowed to even give a hot take with my past history lately with my hot takes. <laughs> I, we just call it hot takes and then a cold take from Jack. But my cold take, I, I actually have two. One, by week six, Carson Wentz will be out as quarterback for the commanders, whether that means he gets benched or injured because Augusta <laughs> Wind could probably blow out his ankle. But Carson Wentz, if you look at it over the years, every single year he has had one of the best O-lines. The Eagles the last five years have had three all-pro linemen in Jason Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, Lane Johnson, and now they got another one in Jordan Malata. They have had a ridiculous O-line, elite tight end play with Zach Ertz and Goddard. Yeah, they don't have an elite number one. The Colts, on the other hand, we got Quentin Nelson, elite O-line, best running game in the league. Not a great receiving core, but good enough. And every year, it's excuses against Carson Wentz. Oh, not enough weapons. Oh, you know, they're not protecting while well. he keeps getting sacked. It's, it's never Carson, and it never works out for him. Carson Wentz is a worse option than Taylor Heineke. I think he'll be out by week six. And my other hot take, again, a little biased, but it's the easiest division in football. The Philadelphia Eagles are winning the NFC this year, and I'm very confident on it. Not a huge Jalen guy, but if you look at this team from last year, they were 9-8. and eight. Yes, they had an easy schedule. First-year head coach, probably the worst defensive coordinator in football, John McGannon. But you look at what they've done. They've had a very quiet, great offseason. Obviously, I've been following it. Hassan Reddick has had 11 sacks in each of his last two seasons. He's a monster. That was a big need for the Eagles, an outside linebacker that can – pass rush um they signed Kazir White from the Chargers who I don't know if you saw um Derwin James tweet but he was like the NFL must not watch this man because the guy was a stud last year he led his team in tackles few interceptions almost made the pro ball 26 years old right in his prime and the Eagles had the most draft picks in the entire draft with three top 20 picks I'm sure how he will fuck up at least one of them but you can't fuck up three first-rounders. They're going to have a great team around Jalen. And I don't think Jalen's great, but he's definitely not bad. He does improve every season and every game. He's, he's only started about 18 games in his career. He's still young. He's 24. Right? Yeah, he's 24. But if, if Jalen can play good football this year, I mean, the Eagles are going to be a very, very good team. The, the commanders are, are no threat. The Giants are absolutely no threat. And the Cowboys have gotten a little bit worse, and they're the Cowboys. I really think the Eagles, you know, this is their year to, to win the NFC East and uh, get back to the top. I like it. I have two hot takes. One of them is not going to be a favorite of Ryan, but the first one is I think the Chiefs are still going to make the Super Bowl. Um, it's obviously – means that I think they're going to trade for a stud receiver, which I can see them going for a guy like DK um, or anyone really. But I think DK Metcalf in specific, I've seen a lot of rumors of him potentially being a target for them. I think they still have what it takes. 
Um, Mahomes is hungry. Mahomes, you know, it's just kind of like a chip in the shoulder kind of year. It's always been, oh, he has, he has great weapons. He has everything he needs, you know, but it's also he's he gets talk from both sides. I still think Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, like other people, but I think that he's more than just his weapons around him. Chiefs are going to make the Super Bowl. They could probably win too. And my second hot take, Bucks are getting tossed round one. They're they're not getting the bye. They're gonna play in a game in the first round and they're getting tossed in the first round. Don't huh. care who they play. That's pretty that? funny. It's a pretty funny joke. <laughs> I don't mind that take at all. Yeah. Hot take for a reason, man. You probably you don't have any agree with your hot take though. I have a few things about this offseason. First, we all know the commanders are huge losers in this offseason. I literally huge. think this this trade, Carson Wentz, you can say what you want. He's a mediocre quarterback in the NFL. That's generous. That's generous right there, man. Generous. I do think since we literally are in such a goddamn awful division that he's going to find a way to win seven or eight games. And in my opinion, <laughs> this is all just a – Huge publicity stunt to get Ron Rivera extended. In my opinion, the Redskins need to literally get this whole staff off. Ron Rivera is a defensive-minded head coach, old school. That just doesn't work in today's NFL. You need offensive-minded guys. I simply hate Rivera, and I think we traded for Wentz so the Redskins can have another mediocre year, and we can't fire him. Um, you hate Rivera? I don't know if they'd win seven or eight games in the ACC, Baylor. With, with Carson Wentz, and I mean, team. you literally look at those, those uniforms. East, look at the NFC East. You have literally probably one of the worst coaches in the league, in my opinion. Also, with Mike McCarthy coaching Dallas. I mean, my goodness, that's so wrong. Dude. All right, now this worst guy, team. Mike He's McCarthy, worst in the league. Aaron Rodgers, his whole his whole career, and Brett Favre. I mean, anyone okay. can coach Pete Carroll has one ring, like. What what is the what's that argument? That's that I don't agree with that. That's crazy. No, I agree with Baylor there. I think Mike McCarthy is one of the most overrated coaches in all of football. I think if you literally 100%. put any sort of offensive-minded head coach in that team, who who was the offense coordinator that just got hired, by the way, from Dallas? Kellen Moore. Yeah, Kellen Moore. I believe that that was all his schemes. I don't think any of it had to do with McCarthy. He's an old school mind. I think he's Dallas still there. Crazy. He's still in Dallas, by the way. He didn't get hired. I thought he got hired. No, he's still. No, there. he got interviewed by a lot of players. He was going to. Oh, okay. Well, if he's there, they'll be still good offensively. But I'm not. I'm not at all worried about Dallas with Mike McCarthy there. The Eagles. Jack can say what he wants. They're another mediocre team. And the Giants, forget about it. They absolutely suck. You can say what you want. They got Brian Dable. Maybe he makes Daniel Jones a somewhat average quarterback. But that division actually is terrible. The Skins, terrible. Made, a, the skins made a terrible move to accept mediocrity once again, like we always do. They'll win seven games, and Rivera will be there another season, unfortunately. The next team that I think also – completely underwhelmed this free agency was the New England Patriots. I mean, my goodness. You look at the AFC, mm-hmm. you look at the Bills, they, they even made a move and they were probably one game or one overtime drive away from going to the Super Bowl last year and they made a big move and signed Von Miller next year. Um, you look at anyone in the AFC West, 
they made a move. The Chargers got J.C. Jackson. They got Khalil Mack. The Raiders got Devontae Adams. The Broncos got Russell Wilson. And the Chiefs, yes, they downgraded, but they're the Chiefs. They're, they're going to be okay. I mean, everyone in the AFC made a big move besides the New England Patriots. I think they're going to completely underwhelm that next year. Mm-hmm. I think Mac Jones had a good season this year with what he had. But he needs more help. That's the bottom line. And my goodness, in the AFC, good luck to him. I just don't get why the, the Patriots refused to sign a number one receiver. I mean, when was the last time? I mean, yeah, Julian Edelman was good. But when was the last time the Patriots really had that number one guy who was just a monster? But going back to the Eagles thing, <laughs> I actually I forgot to mention about the Eagles. They also still have the fourth most cap space in the league. And, you know, they've restructured a lot of deals to open up some cap space. They brought back Fletcher Cox, brought back Derek Barnett on some one-year deals that are very cheap and, and beneficial to the organization. There's still a lot of guys out there. There's Bobby Wagner. There's Odell Beckham, Tyran Matthew. There's a lot of guys out there. And I think the Eagles are just patiently waiting for them to die down, see what, they, what they're going to take in the draft. Like you said, Bill, that division – and my, they might as well call it the fucking ACC because they literally – I mean, there's some years where eight or nine wins could win that division. It's embarrassing how bad that division is. The Giants, I think the Giants and Commanders, I mean, it's like they don't, they don't want to win. They, 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 they love the draft. They don't want to win. And <clears throat> Howie Roseman, of course, is one of the most aggressive GMs in the league. The guy drafts like a blind man, but he's very aggressive in free agency. There's still a lot of moves to be made left for the Eagles, but they're winning the division this year. I guarantee it. Book it now. It's going to be a great NFL season. Managers versus think, the Eagles. And also, a, a side note that I, uh, I do want to say, I, I have been a big supporter in Gardner Minshew, and there were times last year, even at the games in the stadium, there was everyone's calling for Minshew at times because Jalen has an arm of, of Lamar Jackson. But um, – Minshew actually went to Sirianni in the offseason and said, what's it going to take for me to be the starter? And Sirianni straight up said to him, we're solid at quarterback. We got Jalen. And it wouldn't surprise me, you know, the way Philly is, you know, with the Carson Wentz Nick Foles thing. If Jalen's not playing well to start, there was already rumors about Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. Jalen's not playing well this year. You're going to hear the crowd chanting for Minshew, and I honestly think Minshew is very underrated. I could see him taking Jalen's job this year, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that won't be a surprise. Minshew mania, baby. All right, so to close this out, let's talk about the Final Four. We got Duke, UNC, Coach K's last season. They play each other, and then Villanova, Kansas on the other end. What do we think is going to happen, and then who do we think is going to win March Madness? Uh, Bill, go. Yeah, I mean, I'll start it off here. I watched this Kansas team all year. I actually placed the future, the only future bet that I've placed all season on college basketball was after Kansas absolutely demolished West Virginia at home. I got them at plus 1700 dollars for $1,700. I'm going to stick with it and go with the Jayhawks. Um, I believe they definitely – you can't say Villanova's a bad team, but I believe that's the match that they wanted out of the three teams left. The Kansas, Kansas does not match up well with for Villanova, and that's going to be a problem for them. They get out in transition. 
Villanova's, yes, they're going to try and slow them down, but Kansas is going to stick to their game plan and run. That's their whole game all year. You have Remy Martin, who's playing the tournament of his life. That was the one downfall in the regular season was that he wasn't getting going, and he comes to the tournament ready to play. Uh, he's been he's playing unbelievable. Yeah. Oche Abaji hasn't even really had his best tournament. He's only averaging, I believe, nine points a game in the tournament. I think he's averaging 10 a game, yeah. I mean, and he's the Naismith player, player of the year candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at these guys. I mean, Dave McCormick, I, I could go on and on with this team. They're so deep. Bill Self is a great coach. I think they are definitely ones to be worried about. However, this narrative for Coach K at this point, man, it really seems like they're destined to win. However, I'm going to hope that Kansas gets it done because, man, I love this squad. They're great to watch. It's going to be a fun tournament. Duke, UNC on the other side. They've never met in the tournament. Fourth meeting. Coach K's last, last final dance. I mean, we literally just have to get our popcorn and watch this tournament because this is probably the best Final Four, true blue bud Final Four that I've, I, I, we've never witnessed something like this. It's going to be really fun to watch. It's going to be insane. And I'm so I, I, It's like a storybook ending for Coach K to play UNC in the Final Four. I, I really hope UNC doesn't spoil it. At this point, you know, I think most of America is rooting for Duke. Believe me, here's the opposite. Hell like no. I feel like at this point, though, like if you're a sports fan, if you're a college basketball fan, you got to respect greatness. I feel like a lot of people will root for Duke, including myself. So I maybe I'm wrong, but I'm rooting for Duke to win. I think they take care of UNC. Not as easy as people think, but I think it's going to be – I think it should go their way. I think Kansas has just been playing way too well to lose. Justin Moore has gone. I mean, it's all – signs are pointing to – Duke and Kansas meeting each other in the final. Uh, Kansas is just a much better defensive team, and they play at a much faster pace. I, I think they take care of Nova pretty easily. Um, Duke, Kansas, as much as I want to see Duke, I don't I don't know. Um, I think it's going to come down to literally the final possession. I think it can go either way, but I'm going to say Duke beats Kansas in the championship game. I think A.J. Griffin's been playing well. Obviously, Paolo's been balling. Mark Williams has been coming through. They have their guys. I think they'll come through in the championship. Man, I really hope you're wrong. <laughs> I would love more than anything to watch Coach K lose to Hubert uh, Davis twice and I, get humiliated. Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe I don't right. know what your thoughts are, Jack, but that's the yeah, way Jack, I Jack, you there? Oh, fuck. I was accidentally on mute. No, I was no, just no. talking for like 20 seconds. But anyway <laughs> – Kansas, I mean, the way Villanova's been struggling on offense, they're, get, they're gonna give Kansas the opportunity to get out in the fast break. And Kansas is just too good. They're too athletic with no Justin Moore. I mean, Justin Moore always guards the other team's best player. I, I really think Kansas is just too much for Villanova. Um, Kansas is deep too. I mean, Remy Martin comes off the bench and looks like a little curry. But um, Kansas is just gonna overpower them. You know how I'm very low on Villanova. But the other game, obviously, it's, it's the matchup everyone's dreamed of. Um, we saw this exact thing a, a month back when everyone made a huge deal for Coach K's last Duke-UNC game, and UNC just embarrassed them. I honestly see UNC upsetting them just because of how hot they've been lately and the underdog mentality. I think Duke chokes like they usually do, and Coach K can whine in his press conference and make it all about himself. 
But the only the, the way I could see Duke win this game, because it's going to be a dog fight, it's going to be a close game, is if they can get Armando Baycott in foul trouble, then it's going to it's going to be a huge, huge relief from the rebounding aspect because that guy, I mean, he smothers up more rebounds than fucking Shaq. The guy, I think he averages 14 rebounds a game. He averages a double-double. He's a walking double-double. The guy's a machine. So Duke has size too, but if they can get Baycott foul trouble, all you really got is Manic. And the knock on UNC is they are not a deep team. They call their five, their starting five, the Iron Five or whatever. Those guys are playing huge minutes. Love has been playing unreal. Davis has been playing unreal. He's been Manic unreal. Manic looks like freaking Larry Bird out there. I mean, <laughs> UNC is hot and they are good. And I guarantee you, no one wants to see them, especially Duke. The pressure's all on Duke. I really see UNC winning this game and playing Kansas in the final. And that's going to be a dog fight. If I had to pick a winner, I would choose Kansas. But Hubert Davis and those, those guys in UNC, man, they're, they're not a team you want to see right now. And Coach K is going to be crying to his wife after the game because. This is it for him. This is the last dance. Oh, shit. I guess I'm alone with wanting Duke to win. Damn. All right. Oh, well, Duke. should be a crazy, crazy weekend. We'll be right back at it on Sunday to sum up everything. Um, it's been a crazy March Madness, crazy NFL offseason, but it's what sports are, man. So thank you all for checking in. We appreciate it. Sorry for the wait. We're back, though, nope. and we'll see you all next week. Carson Wentz, if you're watching, you're a bum. Bum. <laughs>